It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Happy Tuesday to most of you listening. Zach Black will be here with you. Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7 hanging out with us today. Hello, friend. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good, man. I am good. All right, so we are a day before the second scrimmage of fall camp. There was a, a viewing window yesterday. The media, we got like 40 minutes. What's up with that? How crazy is that? What's up with that? It's pretty crazy. All right, so we're going to go uh, kind of go through what stood out to folks, what people on message boards are talking about. So the, the, the I've never been on a message board. You need, you need to get a subscription to one of them then. You need to. If you're going to be doing a, uh, a post-game call-in show, you need to be getting one of them. It's worth it. Mm. When tax season comes around, you can write it off as a work expense. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand taxes either, so we'll just blow by that and pretend like I do those. That's cool. That's cool. All right, so, so the biggest thing was in the pace drill, Bo Nix Mm-hmm. was with the starters, even though it, it's kind of interesting, and I've got a story to kind of tag along with this in a second. But the first-team offense during the pace period, Bo Nix at quarterback, Harold Joyner at running back, Spencer Nye at H-back, and Sal Canella, Marquise McLean, and Matthew Hill at the receiver spots. So you look at that, and it's like, that's not the first team, but whatever. All right, the offensive line from left to right, Prince Tega, Markel Harrell, Caleb Kim, Mike Horton, and Jack Driscoll. That's the starting offensive line. That yep. makes sense. The second team offense saw Joey Gatewood at quarterback, DJ Williams at running back, John Samuel Shanker at H-back, Seth Williams, James Owens Moss, and Tyler Fromm rounding out the receivers. Then the offensive line from left to right was Alec Jackson, Tayshawn Manning, Nick Brahms, Jaleel Irvin, and Broderius Ham. So really it was the starting offensive line and the folks that were with the starting offensive linemen and then folks that took snaps with the second offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, that makes you believe that it's the first team and second team offense. But I, I mean, we, we've talked about the skill position depth all offseason. You think so? You think so, Seth Williams is going to be on the second team offense? No, what I was going to say okay. is uh, maybe they're just trying to like get other guys reps with the quarterbacks or with the offensive line. 
or against the first team defense. Who knows? The first team defense during the pace period, uh, TD Moultrie was at Buck, Derek Brown, Tyrone Truesdale were at tackles. The Marlon Davidson was at defensive end. Chandler Wooten was at linebacker with Owen Papo. And then the secondary was Javaris Davis. Noeg Benogany was at corner. And then Christian Tutt was at nickel. And then Jeremiah Denson and Daniel Thomas at safety. I'm really surprised that Javaris Davis is still on the outside of the field and Christian Tutt on the inside of the field. I think they'll both do fine in those spots. I just think we're limiting Javaris Davis when, when you don't put him in the middle of the field. But we can talk about that in a second. Second team defense was... Um, Described by L.com, a hodgepodge of walk-ons. But uh, Nick Coe, Big Cat Bryant, Peyton Nance, and Gary Walker were the defensive linemen. Zacoby McLean, excuse me, Zacoby the Chainsaw McLean, and Josh Marsh were at linebacker. Roger McCreary and Devin Geis were at corner. And then Malcolm Askew was at nickel with Jamie and Sherwood and Zion Puckett at safety. All right. So what are your thoughts on the defensive lineup? I'm excited that Owen Papo is getting those first-team reps. Um, I like Owen Papo. I think he's going to play a lot. I think it's going to be a very useful uh, Swiss Army knife for that defense uh, at that linebacker spot. Um, I'm really high on him coming into the season. Uh, I I don't know. This is going to sound bad, I guess, but I'm, I'm just not that interested in the defense. I expect them to come out and perform how we think they're going to perform. And I don't know. I think anything that we really are, are going to be criticizing them about in about a month is going to be super nitpicky. I think pass rush is still going to be an issue. I just think I, I and I say issue as a total first world problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think the linebacker play is going to be very good. I think the defensive backfield is extremely underrated. I think the the issue with this defense is going to be its pass rush. But and I say that as I think it's going to be what they're worst at. I think they're going to be fine. And, to good to possibly grade at everything. But I do think that's going mm-hmm. to be what they are worst at is rushing the passer. And, you know, Auburn's been at its best when it can bring four guys or five guys no and doubt. get pressure on the quarterback. And maybe, I don't even know if we we are sure that that's what they're going to be, you know, worst at. The whole offseason we've been saying maybe one of these guys can step up. Maybe it'll be T.D. Moultrie. Maybe it'll be Nick Coe. Maybe they'll turn into a Jeff Holland, Carl Lawson, D. Ford, mm-hmm. third-down pass rusher who who can make those big plays when they need to be made. Who's most likely to make that step, you think? A lot of people are saying Big Cat. You just mentioned T.D. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I think, I mean, from what I've seen, from yesterday's viewing window, people are very high on Nick Coe still. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't really surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Steele finds a way to dial up some creative blitzes, leaning on the man coverage capabilities of that secondary on third downs, using something like the speed of Owen Papo on the edge. Yeah, yeah, I would. Or in I the would be a little surprised game. if I'm not against it because I think blitzing is a great tactic, and and you know a lot of good teams do it. But I'd be surprised if they did that. Because I think, you know, what Alabama's defenses have been so good at is they send four, and then the rest of the seven people on the defense are able to mm-hmm. kind of not worry about anything else. And, I mean, you mentioned Jeff Holland's year. That's kind of the year where the defense took that huge step and kind of surprised a lot of people because they were able to send Holland and three other defensive linemen, and everybody else was able to play back. And really ever since then, you've seen them do that. Until last year, I think they sent a little bit more. 
I asked Justin Ferguson uh, of The Athletic and ESPN 106.7 his thoughts on that. I believe it was last week on the podcast. And he said he wouldn't be shocked if they blitzed more. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm skeptical of that just because I don't think that's really what Kevin Steele does. But, you know, this this personnel is a little bit different now. I agree. And well, I know it is worth saying that things on the defensive line that you can do without blitzing that, you know, can help guys get pressure on the quarterback, whether it's stunts or uh, – yeah twists or whatever i mean and that's an athletic defensive front so Mm -hmm. i mean stunts if 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 executed properly i mean they're going to be able to confuse the heck out of offensive linemen for for the defense it could be as much as sending one guy but again if the if the secondary is as good at man coverage as we we anticipate them being with a guy like owen papo who should be able to keep up with running backs in the open field you know blitzing might not be the worst idea yeah yeah it just kind of puts more pressure on a young guy but it doesn't seem like he's a normal yeah, freshman. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah. And if he gets burned by a running back early in the, excuse me, early in the season, then I'm sure we would see some sort of adjustments be made. But you know, I, I have faith in Kevin Steele. I think he'll figure out the week. We won't. My, uh, I guess, guess for this defense is that they will not have the same weakness week to week. Okay. You think it's going to be game plan specific? Not necessarily game plan specific, but I think if if they show up for the Oregon game and Herbert picks them apart in zone coverage, they're going to come back next week and run a lot of man, or, or they'll figure out a way to co- cover up their weaknesses or play around their weaknesses or what to, to make it so they are not getting beat the same way two weeks in a row. Let's jump into this read real quick. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Lyre in the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Get the edge with Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football is available wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to go through all of the players now that were in orange non-contact jerseys. I think that is important to kind of monitor as the season opener gets closer and closer. So freshman receiver Deshaun Sheffield, junior defensive back Jordan Peters, freshman linebacker Cameron Brown, freshman tight end Luke, the real deal deal, freshman offensive lineman Keandre. I don't think you have to say deal twice. I think you just say Luke, the real deal. But his middle name is the re- real deal. His middle name is the real. <laughs> Luke, the real deal. Okay, yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh-huh. I'm fine with that. Sold. Freshman offensive lineman Keandre Jones. Freshman defensive lineman Jaron Handy, and sophomore defensive tackle Connus Miller. Who of those do you think is the biggest concern to be in a non-contact jersey? The biggest concern. Hmm. I'll answer while you're thinking. I'll go with Jaron Handy because I think he was good enough to be in the rotation. Then with number two being Connus Miller, because once again, that, that defensive tackle spot, I think 
I think that's kind of a, a question yeah. mark as far as, you know, what's the two slash three deep look like? Because they may go three deep in some of these spots just because Ronnie Garner has so much talent up there. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I would tend to agree with you, but I, mine would more be off the field reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not able to be, I mean, I guess non-contact jersey makes it seem like they're still out there. They're still being able to compete, but not being able to be in those drills, you know, learning from a, a guy. Especially the young guys. Yeah, learning from yeah. a guy like Brown, who Derek Brown, who looks like he's going to be a top five pick, and and getting to compete with the likes of Tega and Harrell and yeah. and that first team offensive line that should be, you know, a, a, a pretty dang good unit. So that that would be my biggest concern um, for Deal. I, I just who uh, Luke the real Deal. Do you like that, Painter? I'm a big fan of uh, these names that we continue to give people. And I, and I say we loosely, as it appears to be. Uh, it's a, a team effort. It's a team effort. You're right. You're right. Painter, we were talking. Uh, Painter Sharp is a VSBN 106.7, host the lunch break, crashing the show today, which I love. Hey, Painter, really quick before we start, are you also freaking out about the new headphones and headphone stands in this studio? I'm a big fan. I think the headphone stands, a nice touch. Um, and, you know, I like the over-the-ear. I'm a big, you know, the ones mm-hmm. in the ESPN studio are kind of small. And even though I have, On air, yeah. I have dainty ears, these are great. These yeah, are, we are nice definitely ones. incredibly blessed to get to use the facilities here at the Auburn Network. Yeah, no doubt about it. Great place to work. Um, all right, so Painter, Michael and I were talking about this. W- w- what do you think about Bo Nix getting the starting reps during the viewing window yesterday? Do you think it means anything? I do, although I think it's fair to say that coaches it, – it's worth noting that coaches will sometimes play mind games, but I, I don't think it's irrelevant. But, all right, so the guys that was that, – I mean sh- – it doesn't, starters. Really seem, it doesn't really seem like either team was the first sure. team off. Which is a fair thing to criticize, you know, you know to, yeah. to not read between the lines too much. I think Which I'm, that's a fair point. Yeah, so uh, Unless yeah. everyone's just way off on who the first and second team, like, running yeah, backs like, are. Oh, I mean, Seth Williams isn't a starter? Like, what? <laughs> what would you do, Painter, if Seth Williams was not a starter? Well, you know, I would cry. Right. And I'd also be confused because... The coaching staff makes a lot of money, and that mm-hmm. one's easy. <laughs> yeah, not, that's not of all the that, questions. That one's that one's taken. It's care not of. the one where I'm like, you know, I wonder what they'll do, and maybe I second guess them or not. I'd be like, you guys are you guys are idiots. So like, it's like you're objectively wrong here. <laughs> yeah, and I know, like we we say this from time to time. These coaches know a lot more about football than we do. However, and they see their own players like every day, yeah. which matters because we see maybe twenty to forty minutes of them once a week. But it's also their, you know. Come on! If, if you didn't come on, if you didn't play Seth Williams, now we'd have real <laughs> issues. Yeah, a lot of a lot of reports came out yesterday that, and, and you know, based on what I saw from it, Nix did look more accurate as a passer than Gatewood did in drills and and you know throughout the pace stuff yesterday. So, but it, but my thing is like we knew that, right? Like didn't we already know that? So I, I don't really. I'm, I'm kind of curious how important that is. Well. I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about that first scrimmage. Um, Zach, I know. Yeah, I was on here talking about it with you. The <laughs> yes, three, we did yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the three interceptions from the three interceptions from Knicks. Uh, do you think that, that that accuracy, he's trying to do too much with it? Maybe, yeah, I, maybe, I think it's an adjustment, right? Right, like the game speeds up. He's probably been able to thread that needle, and as time goes on, he'll probably learn when it's time to force the issue and when it's but not. We, but, like, know, he's going he's to do that if he plays this season. Like, yeah. Auburn fans should be prepared for him to make some mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. And we know how much these uh, 
college coaches dislike turnovers, right? And so could that be a little uh, maybe the inkling? There, there's an that argument that like his ceiling's higher, and the you know like if, if Joey just gives you that. If Joey has been more consistent and not turning the ball mm-hmm. over, like I see your argument there, and that, like at least to start the year off, there makes some sense in putting a guy out there if you think he's better protecting the football. All right, let's take a let's take another break here just for a second, guys. The new Locked On NFL podcast is on fire. Last week it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now wherever you get your podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to talk about, you know, all of us obviously in radio passionate about uh, the news yesterday that came out. Andy Burcham being named the lead broadcaster for Auburn football. There was a press conference yesterday, and it started out with Alan Green. And here's what uh, here's what Alan Green had to say. I want to thank uh, Chris Davis for spearheading this this process, um, and all the other people who have uh, lent an ear and lent a voice. Um, and as we turn this page with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, uh, I also want to thank Andy for. For being such a, a gracious Auburn man uh, throughout this process, and understanding and seeing his true sense of self uh, has been incredibly rewarding, and um, we're super excited about the future um, uh, of the voice of the Auburn Tigers, and know that Andy is going to represent um, his predecessors in in a very unique way, in a very personal way, in a very passionate way, and represent Auburn to the fullest. So I thought this was interesting, guys, and I'm curious to get your take on it. I don't know why Alan Green was there. I don't. He he introduced Chris Davis, who's head of Fox Sports Properties, who Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of in charge of monetizing all of Auburn's sporting stuff. I don't really understand why he was. He introduced Chris, and then Chris, and we'll play in a second. Introduces Andy. I I just thought that was kind of odd. Am I I, off on that? I, I guess because. Technically, it's Alan Green's athletic department, and so right. Need, but like Alan Green, I, and I'm sure he had like political influence, but yeah. like he didn't hire him. Yeah, I see this as pretty normal. All right, hold on, I, I, I think this makes a lot of sense. Just in and what part of what Michael is hitting on. Also, this you know we don't have to dive too deep into the fact that we all know what has led to this changing of the guard. Yeah, and so it's not exactly a normal transition where a guy has That's retired. Fair. Sure, I think there's a sensitivity to how everything is is transitioning, and I think even if it were a more normal set of circumstances that weren't so tragic, it would make sense for. I mean, when you think about it, in a lot of ways, Andy's voice will now. This is a bad way of saying it, but will in a way be the face of Auburn because so many people people from, you know, I know people in the military who are overseas listen at all hours of the day. Obviously, people who are not in the southeast will tune in. So, like, 
it, it makes sense to me, even though I get what you're saying, like with Chris being aligned with Fox and, and this is more their decision. This is kind of happening under Alan Green's umbrella, no? If Andy Burcham wins an Abbey, do you think Alan Green would take credit for it? Like maybe at least half credit? I think he did acknowledge it. I see what you're saying. Like if, if, it, if it shines well on athletics, then well, Alan I'm, Green's going to acknowledge it, right? I'm asking Zach because Zach, for those of you who don't know, has won four and a half Abbeys. And Andy's won like 20. <laughs> yeah, he's won 15. He's, he's yeah. No. But, I, I know what you want. Okay. I know what you want mm-hmm. out of this. All right. Zach hired, Zach had a guy do a project and the guy won an Abbey for the project and Zach takes credit for I it. I was managing the station at the time. <laughs> Like Alan Green manages the athletic department. But they don't work for the same company. Andy Andy works for Fox. It's a different Which company. Which is contracted by the university. I mean. Okay. I, it's, it's still a different company, though. Yeah. I don't have an issue with them being there. I just, I think it's worth mentioning. But whatever. All right. Here's, uh, here's Chris Davis. It has been a very difficult few months um, since May 25th, and uh, the Auburn family has shown incredible support to the Bramlets and to everyone that uh, knew Rod and Paula, and for that, I'm entirely grateful for that. Uh, When it came time to take a step back and was really clear um, who that person was going kind of to be, because we really took a really thoughtful approach to the process, Andy's ability to connect with people is incredible. He has a high level of integrity, empathy, and trust, and those qualities are hard to find in one human, and he holds all three. The various quotes from all of our coaches and fellow staff have shown the impact that those qualities have imparted to those when he had those moments. And Andy's approach to each broadcast and Auburn event will will come with great passion, it will come with great preparation, and with that you'll see incredible execution. Um, Andy is well respected by Auburn Athletics, the university, the entire Auburn family. He'll be at many different events, and uh, I look forward to seeing him. So it is my pleasure um, to really look at my my guy that I've had a lot of conversation with, Andy Bertram, and introduce him as our next Voice of the Tigers. And uh, I'm going to play what Andy said. This is a condensed version of it. It's about two and a half minutes or so. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, Andy Bertram, the new voice of the Auburn Tigers. Good afternoon, War Eagle. It is with great humbleness and happiness that I, that I take this job as the voice of the Auburn Tigers. It is the worst possible way to do it, though. Rod Bramblett and Paula Bramblett were special friends of Jan and mine, and they are missed to this very day, and that that will never change. The support of the Auburn family following their passing in May has been remarkable and humbling, and I thank you for that. It's odd to be on this side of the podium here today. It's my first time in this role. I've been in the Auburn community for 31 years. I moved to Auburn in September of 1988 at halftime of the Auburn-Kansas football game. And that game was over at halftime uh, that day. And we were fighting traffic to get through. 
I was fortunate enough to, to go to work at Tiger Communications and take over the reins for Auburn women's basketball, which I, I served until this past season. Been with the Auburn football crew since 1990, and Auburn baseball for the last 25 years, of course, with Rod. Auburn means a great deal to me, and I understand that this job is not just the voice of Auburn football and men's basketball and baseball. It's the voice, a voice, for Auburn. It's something that I've never taken for granted in 31 years, and certainly nothing, it's, it's something that I will not take for granted in the future. I am ecstatic about this. I get more excited about this position with every passing day. I'm ready for this job. I'm ready to take the reins from Rod and Jim and Paul Ellen and Gary Sanders and Buddy Rutledge and the folks in front and behind those. I'm very, very excited about this. I'm excited to work with this broadcast team. One of the, the comforting parts of this is the fact that I'll get to work with Paul Ellen and Brad Law and Patrick Tisdall and Gene Dulaney and Ronnie Brown and Stan White and Jason Campbell. I'll get to work with Sonny Smith this coming basketball season. I'll get to work with Brad Law on Tiger Talks and baseball. And that's very comforting for me to know that I'll be with this, these, these folks in a bit of a different role this year. I thank Auburn for this opportunity. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Chris, for this opportunity. I will not let you down moving forward. Could not have been, um, could not have gone to a, a greater dude. So uh, props to you, Andy. Congratulations, Andy. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this show, you, the odds are you love Auburn and Auburn did the right thing yesterday. So that's, that's pretty cool. Did you guys see the video where it was announced? Yeah. Pretty awesome. Well done, per usual. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, the part that I think hit me, and I think probably did so for other people, was when he mentioned that he had been dreaming of a job like this since he was six. <clears throat> Obviously, he's now spent more than three decades as a part of Auburn, and he moved here. I, you know, I think like a lot of people, not expecting to stay or not knowing anyway if he would be staying long term. And I imagine now he can't see a world in which. This isn't his reality. So yeah. happy for him, happy he got something he's worked for his entire life. And uh, he kind of joked about this at the press conference. But it's a lot of pressure, not only because the job is a huge one, but the shoes he's filling yeah, the, in for. The, 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 the whole situation is um, obviously that's not how you want to come into your dream job. But, you know, it, I mean, it, it's the, not the, his fault. The reality and, right. has become this. And right. I, I think he's done everything and, you know, responding to it the best he absolutely could. Yeah. So, so good stuff for Andy. Um, we were talking about Jeff Holland earlier. Mm -hmm. He's now on a different NFL team. He joins Rudy Ford on the Arizona Cardinals. And then uh, something that kind of got buried uh, in, in headlines is um, Daryl Williams has been picked up by the Redskins. So just kind of. Following some of these former Auburn guys in the uh, in the league, so cool. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, bud? I'm at Paint Sharpless, and give us a listen on ESPN 106.7. Justin Ferguson and me as fall camp continues to uh, to plot along, and we're getting closer to football season. Lots of good stuff. Michael, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato, and I'll be on uh, after the game with Dan Peck live from Sky Bar every Saturday during football season. Fantastic. I'm Zach Blackerby on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.